Children, you are dismissed to head back to Children's Chapel with Patrick and Casey. It's great to see all these little people in here. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. I'll take more if you want to bring them. How many of you got a chance to see the new, new playground we're putting together? And when we are done, it will be a place for fun. Yeah, I kind of like that. That'll be our new. When we're all done, it will be a place for fun. All right. Yeah. So it was funny this past week. I, I even saw on the uh, on Marketplace. I have a little addiction to Marketplace. I like looking at people's junk because their junk is my treasure. My wife's like, Todd, you can't go buy that. I go, I just, I know we don't need it, but it's just fun. I think I spend sometimes, it just gets my mind away from, from things and all that kind of stuff. So if you have your Bible, take it with me. If you would, please here at our church, we have a Bible decree and, and we get to start off the, the service by claiming that we love the word of God and that the, the word is hidden in our hearts. So if you have it, hold it. If you have it on your iPhone, your iPad, your, your eyeglasses, wherever they're at on your I watch. Go ahead. I watch. You like that. Anyhow, all right, here we go. This is my Bible. God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet. And I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. I'm going to start off this week like I did last week, glorifying the name of Jesus above every other name. Because this morning we've gathered to exalt one name, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. This church is about Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about the music. It's not even about our church. It's about the one that is high and that is lifted up. Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and He can transform your life. I can't do much for you, but He can do more in one second than I can do in a lifetime. Does anybody believe what I'm saying? It's all about Jesus. So all the glory and all the honor belongs to Him. It's amazing how that song says, let the glory of the church. I love that song because Jesus should be all to us. And I love that in that song, it, it truly should, should bring Jesus Christ and God make it personal for you. And as I've been doing these, uh, this series on Word of God Speak, we kicked it off with, with Abraham and how God spoke to Abraham. And then how God revealed Himself and spoke to Moses. And how God used Moses in a time when Moses felt inadequate and insecure, couldn't speak well, had a speech impediment. But I love that God can take our nothings and make them somethings. Amen? And that's what we can learn from the Word. And then today, if you'll take your Bible, we're going to turn to the Old Testament in Joshua. It'll be Joshua chapter 1. There's a lot that I can cover today, and we'll see where God leads us in this message. But as, as I continue to, to move forward in Word of God speak, it's, it really is... A message that really I think and I know and I believe that makes God intimate to us. We live out our Christian life. But how many of you woke up this morning and said, Word of God, speak to me right now. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be quiet. We have a tendency to bring our petitions and our requests to Him. But, but why is it that we don't sit in our prayer closets or at the kitchen table with our Bible open to just stop and say, God, speak to me today. 
Reveal yourself to me today. God wants to use us. He wants to use you to do great and mighty things for Him. Lots of people live with the false notion that they will never do anything great. They let their failures or their weaknesses dictate the course of their life instead of working to overcome those failures and weaknesses. Reminds me of a story of a young man, 16-year-old girl named Eliza, who married a 20-year-old man who was a tailor by trade. He had never been to school, and while others might have written him off as a lost cause, his young wife didn't. She had faith, and she had hope in him. She began to teach him to read, to write, and to spell. Those days were difficult, but he proved to be a fast learner. In fact, he learned so well that years later he was elected president of the United States. When he ran for a second term, he lost, but he refused to give up. Instead, he won a seat in the U.S. Senate. Who was this man? Our 17th president, Andrew Johnson. Are you and I living up to the full potential that we have in our relationship with God? Let me ask you that again. Are you and I living up to the full potential that we have in our relationship with God? Many people don't know who Charles Schultz is, but I'll help you. He's the writer of Peanuts Comics that made Charlie Brown and Snoopy famous. He once said, there's no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. Profound, huh? Here's what he said. There's no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. It's especially true for those of us who are Christ followers. Because we know that God has created us and given us the power to do great things for Him and for His glory. To live a life in which we choose not to strive to live up to the potential that He has given each of His children is truly a tragic thing. We all have the potential to do great things for God. William Carey, the father of modern missions, preached a sermon in 1792. Don't you love that? that did, did he ever think that this missionary, that somebody would actually record this? And as I was reading this, I thought, 1792? And I get the great privilege to stand up here today as he contained this challenge and actually say it to each and every one of us. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. Simple, but profound. So he said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. Many of you have heard me say this. I'm a little dude, had to take speech therapy. I couldn't say my ahs. It was very difficult for me to say my ahs. I know you in this church would not take me very serious if this is how I talked all the time up here. It sounded like I was from New Jersey. I'd probably incorporate that accent. But I'll never forget Mrs. Barkley. Her name was Barkley. And she helped me. She helped my twin sister. And neither one of us could say ours. What would I do without that lady? What would I do without a mom who raised me in Edinburgh, Ohio, so I could go to Southeast School System that had, even back in the 70s, Yes, it's true. We might have been out in the country, but we went from horse and buggy to a car and to buses. They did pick me up. <laughs> Reality is this. There was a lady that was placed 
there for me. I believe that. So that I could fulfill what God had planned for me. So I could complete the destiny that He has planned for me. So I stand up here before all of you to preach the living Word of God and to pronunciate my words correctly. Now, there are times I must confess to each and every one of you that the awe sometimes just doesn't get formed in my mouth properly, and some of you do giggle. I've watched you. But we can all say that we're not good enough, that our potential isn't there. Moses thought the same thing. Abraham thought the same thing. But the thing they had in common was they had faith in God, a God that would help them, guide them. The problem with all this, we started from Abraham where he said that, and he said this, as far as the sea has sands on the shoreline, and as many stars are in the heaven, so will your descendants be blessed. And even though Moses lost his perspective, God still will rise up somebody else. He'll raise up someone else in your place. Listen, if God is speaking to you, then you must move on His calling, His prompting. If He's reaching out His hand, don't slap it away. Say, God, here I am. Use me. God, here I am. Transform me. Reshape me. We are here today. Because we came to this place to say, God, I want to see you today. I want to feel you and I want to hear from you today. Transform me. When you don't feel that you're good enough, oh, you are good enough. Because God does not make mistakes. He said you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at all the R's in that sentence. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. So you have great potential. Could you imagine a president that couldn't read, write, spell? It says, how can I ever lead the United States of America if I can't even write? But he knew where he was at and who he was. And there was somebody that was right by him in his life, his wife. What would I do without my wife? Man, Becky keeps me on task, on point. She keeps my schedule. So, I'll... For many of you, if you'll say, Pastor, can I meet with you on Tuesday? I'll say, I'll get back with you because I check with my, my wife. And she writes it down for me. If, if you're here today and you've never been here before, I run a janitorial custodial company and the church. This is my passion. This is my love. And I hope that on Sunday mornings and throughout my life that it overflows into the messages that God prepares. But what would I do without her? Even with the president, you know, what would he have done without his wife? But what would we do without God? Isn't that profound? I'll tell you right now, I couldn't make it. I mean it. I couldn't make it. And I know in my own life where I have failed him. And I'm here to tell you today that God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Moses. And God is speaking to Joshua in this text To tell him to stand up and be courageous. Don't let what your past define who you are today. And if I did that, then I wouldn't be standing up here today. You'd never see souls saved and lives changed. Are we all a work in progress? I am. Hands, toes, fingers. I will confess before all of you, I am a work in progress. That's 
who I am. You've heard me say that we have a story and our story goes whatever you've worked through. But your story should be a story of victory when Jesus Christ becomes your living proof that you serve him and serve him and are dedicated to him all the time. So today as we continue this, I think I just, am I going dead? And on this thing, this is our new battery pack. And I don't know what, I don't know, we might be getting, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. <sighs> I was going to have to get my T.D. Jakes up in there. Stop talking like this. Come on, preach your word. All right. That is not me, and I might get loud every once in a great while, but I just figured I would, well, we'll save that for those TV evangelists, right? Holy mackerel. Um, so if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them with me to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I guess this is how it's going to go down in the future. I will not let Satan try to, to, to interrupt my messages. Pastor Luke, could you please make sure that I want batteries, brand spanking new batteries in this pack every week. You're awesome. I can't begin to tell you how many times. You, you know, this reminds me of the women of hope. Okay, here's an advertisement for you before we get into this work right here. Why is it when you invite guests to your house, you run out of gas in your grill? How many of, am I the only one that that happens to? Okay, it drives me crazy. You know, the only time this summer my wife says, oh, I'd like to have the ladies over. Let's have hamburgers and hot dogs. Honey, can you grill those out? Sure. Well, I've been so busy this summer, we didn't do a lot of grilling out. And at the beginning of the summer, I filled it up. Thankfully enough, we have one of those little gas fireplaces on our deck, and I just went and had that thing filled up. But what happens? I go out there to start the thing, and he goes, That was perfect, man. Um, Yeah, and so we sit there, and it does what? Yeah, and I'm like, we're out of gas. You know, it's the same thing with this pack. So I look at it like this. We are going to overcome this. Because there were days, like you said, Brother Larry, we did not have mics. But So anyhow, for the, you guys up in the balcony, you, you can hear me now? Okay, good. Uh, let's go. Chapter 1, Joshua, chapter 1, verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you... And all your people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man that should be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for unto you this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever 
you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make the ways prosperous, and when you shall have good success. Don't you love that? Now, I know this is in the King James Version. I have the New Living Translation here. But I love this. Watch what this says again. And I know I'm getting ahead of my message, but I just wanted to kind of highlight this. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For you shall make your ways prosperous, and then you shall have good success. You know what's profound about that? Is if we walk in the Lord, and we live our life in the Lord, and we walk in Christ, does He not say right here, you will have success? Amazing, isn't it? Are you practicing His Word? Are you meditating on it day and night? Are you living, are you basking in the Word of God? Do you keep His law? Do you meditate on it day and night? We can achieve success, this says here, when we do according to what is written in His holy word. Amazing. Verse 9. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever you go. Now Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare your victuals, for within three days you shall pass over to the Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God gives you to possess. I'm going to stop right there. The book of Joshua gives us an overview of the military campaigns to conquer the land area that God has promised to Moses. And not just to Moses, but he promised it more importantly to who? The children of Israel. Remember that Moses was not able to go into the promised land due to his disobedience to God's commands in Numbers 20. Moses got to see the promised land, but not did not get a chance to enter in. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 1 through 4, I might, I'll go back on that, but let me read this. After Moses died, Joshua moved into the place of leadership among the people and led them forth in the conquest of the promised land. He led them approximately 20 years until he died. It says this about him in Joshua chapter 24. After these things, the Lord's servant, Joshua, son of Nun, died at the age of 110 years of age. They buried him in his allotted territory at timnath Siri, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Israel worshipped the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetimes of the elders who outlived Joshua and who had experienced all the works the Lord had done for Israel. What a legacy. Where did Moses lose it? Here's where Moses lost it. And and I'll I'll bring this into comparison back in Deuteronomy. Moses lost it because God told him to go speak to a rock. Faith without works, you are. So we must have faith, right? So he told Moses, he said, Moses, go and talk to that rock. Now, that's quite a profound thing, right? But if you already saw God deliver the children of Israel from being in captivity, then why would we doubt that the same God that parted the Red Sea when Moses held up his rod and Aaron and Ur held up his hands and he allowed the children of Israel to go through 
Why are we now doubting when God says, speak to that rock? That's kind of simple, but yet it's profound. And for me, here's the thing. Here's what is so cool about this whole text. God does the unbelievable. He does. God does the unbelievable. He moves in the unbelievable so that people, when the story is told, people will start to believe, right? Man, what a great story of Jesus Christ. They said He's not the Son of God. He's not the Messiah. Oh, hang Him. Crucify Him. He's not worth it. So they put Him on a cross. And then they whipped Him and they spit upon Him. And they took a spear and they put it in His side till the blood just poured out the side. And I'm sure His guts and everything else were, st- were hanging out the side of Him. Oh no, but the story's not over. Because they, when they took Jesus off the cross and they put Him in that borrowed grave, they closed that tomb up. They sealed it up. They put a guard outside of it. They had the news media there. They had the TV channels there. They had the local newspapers there because they said, oh, he'll never raise from that grave. And on the third day, he rose up from that grave victorious because our God does things that we do not realize see in our own life. Right? Isn't that amazing? How good, how great is our God? So here is Moses, and Moses is spoken to by Almighty God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and finisher of our faith, and God starts to speak to him. And we scratch our head and say, there is no way, what just happened to me, I knocked this thing off, there is no way that God could ever give us a church with ten acres and a parsonage. But God did. Because God will do things that we think are unbelievable. They happen. That's how God works. What did Moses do? Moses walks over to the stone. Remember the story? And he strikes it. He struck the rock. Okay, church, what did God tell him to do? Speak to the rock. See, here's where our Christian life comes into play. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. Believing in the thing you cannot see. Seriously, CJ, I mean, believing in the thing you cannot see. Knowing that God is at work doing all things for our good. So we've got to bask in that. Don't go over if God tells you to do something and think that uh, this is impossible. You, you know, it's funny. When, when we left, when we started the church 14 years ago, we started on a deck, went to the YMCA, left the YMCA, went to the Court Cultural Center, left the Court Cultural Center, and went to Riverside Drive. How do you like that? Now here we are in, in Talmadge, Ohio. And, uh, and God's going to do some great things. I don't know how he's going to do, but he knows what he's doing. I'm just going to listen. Somebody said, go to the bank. I go, okay. How are we going to pay for it? I don't know. How did I pay for anything we've done? Somebody, and this is what I want to tell you. So in the very beginning, we're, we're actually seven months into the ministry. And I went to the bank and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Todd. There's no way we can give you a loan. 
you only have $785 in your bank account. And I said to him, I said, do you know who I am? I said, George, do you know who I am? I'm a child of the Most High God. I am not a whiner. I'm a winner. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I am going to overcome. You might say no, but for every no, there's a yes out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, he might have said no. So I went home and I started praying. God says, well, do a land contract called the, the real estate uh, company. Got him up. I said, Al, got a question for you. I said, can we maybe do a land contract? He goes, no. For every no, there's a? Okay. And uh, so many of you guys know this story, but I just, I love to talk about the word of God. And uh, so I said, well, I know that you guys have turned down people. They don't want to rent this building out on Riverside Drive. It was a church. I said, but this church is for us. I said, we need to get in there. He goes, well, how do you know that? I go, because God spoke. And I said, so what do you want me to do? He goes, I don't know. They said they weren't going to do rent. They weren't going to do land contract. And then you guys know the story. I shared it here. But here's what God did. I said, well, I'm going to make an appeal to him. So I told him all the wonderful things that he wanted to hear. I told the church, told the church that was in there that wanted to sell it. They moved to Doylestown. And I said, listen, I appreciate the hard work that you've put into this church I appreciate your measure of love. I appreciate everything that you've done. But would you find me in your favor as you accept this letter of intent? Can I please buy this building on a land contract? And as you guys know the rest of the story, he grabbed a hold of that paper. The real estate agent put it in there, and he threw it on the ground and said, I don't know what's going on. I didn't even need to read this thing. Whoever this guy is, give him the church. Thank you. It's the Lord. Not give me, give our congregation so that we could be here today. You know, just last month, see those teenage boys walk down and get saved? They were here. It was their appointed time. Right? When Ryan walked around the corner, the last thing that he needed to see was that people stopped giving and and pouring into the ministry. He would never have been able to walk into the building if God didn't open up those doors to give him The hope that he needed. That's our God. But see, what we try to do is we try to step in the way of God's will for our life. But he says to Joshua, oh, be strong, be courageous. Don't lose heart. Don't lose your faith. Oh, spirit filled one. That's what he said to Joshua. Now, Moses had done all these things. And this is what kind of concerns me. So. Every week I share my heart, and I'll share my heart with you now. I don't want to be outside of God's will. I don't. And I hope you don't want to be outside of God's will. This is very, very important. So I'm 49 years of age, started here, yeah, 35, and and starting the church at 35, and knowing that what was ahead of me was going to be a lot of obstacles, Adversity, a lot of no's, but you have to have a lot of no's in order to have a. So say this, look at the person next to you and say yes, yes. Think about it. God is God is doing all things for your good. And, And so I say all that to say to you that when I started losing hope and losing faith, that I knew where I needed to go, and that was on my knees in my prayer closet and say, God, work all this out. 
when that pastor accepted our letter of intent, I had the peace of God on my life. And since then, I've watched God do things that brings the peace of God in my life. Could you imagine Moses at that stone? And he took that and he struck it, not once but twice. And the disappointment that God felt, because what he was trying to show the children and the nation of Israel, ready for this? Two and a half million people that God is the creator of this earth. And God has full authority. When you think that you are doing things your own way, hold on, because God might grab a hold of you. That's the love that a parent has for their child. If you're here today and you've been in the crossroads of hearing God going, how is that possible? I'm not going to humiliate myself in front of two and a half million people. You want me to walk out there and talk to a stone? Yeah, the water could have still poured out of that stone, but what God could have done, the whole purpose to the Old Testament was leading the children to where? The promised land. And so they were then held up for many, 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 many years. All because a leader chose to become puffed up with pride. And God said, you're done. So we can, look in, we can look into Numbers, we can look into Deuteronomy, and I love what it says about Joshua. And I'm going to let you do that. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that this morning. Time just flies. And, uh, you know, this is such a great Bible study that I could really just pour into, into, uh, into the Word this morning. But I just want you to know that if you are taking notes, Deuteronomy 31, Deuteronomy 34, uh, verses 9 through 11, we talk about Joshua's spirit and, uh, and, and how God starts to move in the life of Joshua. Joshua could have just stayed in the shadow of his predecessor, the great leader Moses, but he didn't. He accepted God's assignment for his life to be Moses' assistant until his time came to set up and become one of the greatest military leaders in the Bible. His life is held up as a model in leadership and as a source of practical application on how to be an effective leader. His courage was strong, his faith was solid, his obedience was steady. And all of this because he listened when God spoke. What about us? Will we listen when God speaks? He speaks by his spirit in us, through his word, through prayer, through circumstances, and through other people. Will we listen when he speaks to us this morning? Will we respond to him with no excuses when he speaks to us today? So here's what we see here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. God then speaks. He speaks of the past, the present, going through verses 4 through 5. Then he speaks of the future. Look at verse 5. It says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all of the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. For I am the great I am. I am God with us. My name is called Emmanuel, found in Isaiah seven seventeen, found in Matthew. He is God with us, and he was with Joshua. Amazing. Amazing part to the Word of God. 
I like where it says there in verse 5, and you flip over to verse 9 if you, you can draw an arrow. Have not I commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Woo! That's amazing. God is with us. Yesterday I read the verse in John fourteen fifteen. God speaks to us through His commands. John 14, 15, it's easy to memorize, hard to put into practice sometimes. It says, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he was telling the nation of Israel, if you love me, you will keep my commandment, you will keep my law, you will live your life out. Quit listening to the naysayers, quit quit listening to the gossipers, quit listening to people that says it'll never happen, you'll never be able to accomplish it, you won't be able to do it. God wants to do great things in your life if you'll surrender to that. We have to say, Here I am, God. Use me. Mold me. Shape me. I understand it's not always easy to do what God tells us to do. But He speaks His commands to us in very clear ways. And until you and I hear His commands and respond to them appropriately, we will never be happy or satisfied in our relationship with the Lord. Reminds me of the old hymn that says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to... Amen. God gave clear commands to Joshua. He said this in verses 6, 7, and 9. He said, be strong and courageous. Do what the law of God says to do. Do not turn from God's law to the right or to the left. Do not let God's law be moved or removed from your mouth. Study it, talk about it, live it, breathe it, drink it. Meditate on His law constantly. And do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed see here the main emphasis was on the law of god that had been given to him they're scriptures same command given to us about the word of god because this is god's primary way of speaking to us you say but pastor where's that at hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of god is alive it is active sharper than any double-edged sword It cuts all the way through to where soul and spirit meet, to where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. Woo! Are you in the Word? 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize that it is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And that is where God starts to work in our life. We need the Word of God. Amen? I can get, listen, I can get up here and I can flour it, I can shake it, I can roll it up, put it in the oven, come out crispy, delicious. But let me tell you this, that's me, that's not God. We don't need to have, you know, me get up here and and speak on, oh, this is, you're so good and you're so great and all that kind of good. You are. But I love what the latter part of this says. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do when we're, and to do what is right. Let the Word of God speak to you. Let Him correct you. Let Him guide you. Let you grow through it. Here's a thought. God speaks to provide His encouragement. God doesn't just issue commands. When He speaks, He also provides His encouragement to us in our times of difficulty and trouble. Certainly, Joshua was in need of some strong encouragement at this time in the history of the children of Israel. 
They were about to go into battle against strong enemies. Their lives were going to be on the line. There was serious times and their leader, Joshua, needed to know that God was going to be there for him, providing for him, protecting him, promising him victory over his enemies. He said this, listen, the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. The Lord... Your God is with you on 2510 4th Street, on Broad Boulevard, on Grant Street in Cuyahoga Falls, at 1157 Riverside Drive in Akron, Ohio, and at 226 Southeast Avenue, and wherever else I might be going on this journey. I'm not sure, but whatever we'll do, we'll pitch tents, okay? I don't know what God has in store for us, but it says there, That the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Listen to God speak. God said to Jacob, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. God spoke to Moses in Exodus 33, and he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. God said to David in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, Be sure of this, I am with you always, even unto the end of this. God says to all of his children, Revelation 21.3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now God's presence is with people, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God. Is there any greater encouragement that we can hear from God than to hear him say to us that he will be with us all the time wherever we may go? Amen. Hebrews thirteen five through 6, God speaks to us and says, I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. So we can go confidently. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What man can do to me, I will not fear. So verses 10 through 15. We didn't get into that, but I'm just going to say God speaks and expects those that will obey. When God speaks and gives us a command, behind the command is the full expectation from God that we will obey. So what does God say as a result of obedience? You heard me say it in the very beginning. In verses 8, he says, I promise you good success. There it is. I promise you. Be strong. Be of good courage. It would be kind of weird if we heard, be weak and be afraid. I'd be like, wow, that's profound. No, but he says, be strong, be courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. Good success makes your way prosperous. In verse 8, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So here's a story for you. I was... uh, Many of you don't know this, but I used to run a company called Lucerne Products. They were located in Boston Heights, Ohio, up there by Northfield. And I was assistant to the CEO. And while I was assistant to the CEO, I used to do all the hiring and firing, and I would run the company in uh, Boston Heights, as well as I would run the company in Bolivar, Tennessee. They were manufacturers of small switches that were put into uh, Black & Decker, Ryobi, Bosch, all the handheld you know, power tools. And so I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Lucerne. They were around for a, a long, long time. And, uh, and so with that being said, 
uh, as I was hired on there, they were going through some difficult times, and I felt like I was coming in there like I was the, the secret service or something, you know, the, the family meets with me private. I'm like, why would you meet with me private? I'm 135 pounds, big glasses, and a poofy hair. I mean, I'm this skinny, 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 skinny dude, and now you want me to come in here and try to act like I'm not changing things around here? 550 employees up there in Boston Heights, 250 in Bolivar, Tennessee, and I'm 25 years old. Woo! Okay. This is going to be a real great journey for me. So we went through all these things, and I fired people, hired people, trimmed here, trimmed the fat there, did all that kind of stuff. You know, you do what you got to do, and you notice that this guy up here didn't do anything. I'd walk by his office. He was watching TV. No wonder the company was, was, had scraps at you know, 67. How, how does a company have uh, scraps and, and loss in the company of $67,000 a month on little switches that are this big? They go in the back of a trigger. I could never figure that out, but I figured out one night when I decided to do a surprise visit, I put on my ninja outfit, like CJ here in my all black, and uh, did some backflips across, threw through the rafters, just kidding. When I walked in, they had silly string, they were spraying everywhere. Who does that? You have little tiny pieces that you're putting together, and they're having a party and having silly string. So I did what everybody would do. I walked up to the plant manager, and I said, you're fired. He goes, what? I've been here for 22 years. And I go, I know you're fired. Okay, so that was a part of my life that I thought, oh, is this God preparing me for ministry? Because Lord have mercy, I don't like this. I, I always liked the times where in the middle of the night I got a phone call. Hello, this was the day when you reached over next to your bed and you had to, hopefully you didn't choke on your cord on the, the, the phone that was attached to your, you know, you're fumbling through the thing, picking it up. Hello? Hello, Todd. This is XYZ and I'm coming to your house to kill you. Okay, great. I'm 25 and new, new baby, new wife. This is, what I, this is what I bargained for in the big, huge success world because I fired people. But let me show you what happened. But in the midst of all that, it makes it sound like I was this mean green machine or something, but I wasn't. I was still called of God at 15 years of age. One day, the company catches on fire. I knew what had happened. The company was losing money. The company would not be able to sustain itself in Bolivar, caught fire, I mean, in, in Boston Heights, still running the plant down there. I'd flown down there, been with all those people. They offered me a job to go down there, run that company, close the company up in Boston Heights. I said, I, I'm not going to go to, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you on the country club. Don't you love it? Country clubs in Bolivar, Tennessee. Would you all like me to tell you what it's all back they talk like this and the country club down there exists of a house that's about 1200 square feet it's not a country club that's here the houses sit on there that are beautiful that are like 7,000 square feet we're going to put you up in a house in the country club in this gated community okay i looked at it it was small it was nice it was beautiful but i thought to myself how in the world can i do ministry down there i don't believe god wants me there i'm a youth pastor i'm an associate pastor i can't do this god i need to start a cleaning company and that's how that all started but here's what happened. So I started like wrestling within my spirit. Oh, if I go there, I can run the company. It's still up and running today. It's about an hour from Memphis, that beautiful, wonderful, thriving metropolis of America. Not. And uh, the only people that go there is to see Elvis's, you know, whatever that is, Graceland or whatever. And uh, so I will tell you. 
that I got on my knees and I said, God, I need you to speak. So in closing, I'll share this story. And I said, you know, God, as, as I'm crying out to you and as, as I'm, I'm striving to please you, this is going to be a major crossroads in my life. And in this crossroads, I need you like I've never needed you before. I don't want to make the wrong move. I'm a minister of music. I'm a youth pastor. I'm helping this church. God, I need to hear you. And I remember just sitting quietly and saying, God, Oh, God, help me. Joshua was able to go in. And he suffered a lot through, through trying to take over I, which is A-I. Because Achan decided to take some things that were not his. So they lost people. They wept. They cried. It was a very, very sad moment for Joshua. But then he heard the word of God say this. Deal with Achan. Deal with his heart. And things will change. Things in the midst of all this can get really messed up in our lives. Obstacles can come in our way, but God wants to fulfill the destiny that he's called you to do with your wife, with your spouse, with your family, in the workplace. And so one day the owner called me and she says to me, I'm sending down Bobby. I said, okay, can we talk at the, the country club there in Hudson? And I said, well, sure. Was really great, 25 years old, bushy hair, big glasses, tall, 130-pound, skinny guy. But I had a chauffeur who opened up the door for me. Get in the Mercedes. Woo! See, they tried everything they could to entice me by earthly goods. And I remembered as we were going down uh, Peninsula Road. And we're heading to, to, to go to the country club. Linda's sitting to my right, and I'm, I'm here, and Bobby's in the front. And she says, so, tell me, now that we're closing down the plant up here, are you going to run the company for me down in, in, in Bolivar, Tennessee? And I said, oh, Linda, I've been praying. And I've been waiting to hear God speak to me. And she goes, okay. Well, they already knew that that was a big reason why they hired me because of my ministerial background to be able to pour back into to their business so she says this just as matter of factly <clears throat> I'll sit up like she was with her legs crossed and looks to the left and says if you think I can give you an $8,000 I can't do that I'm slouched down like this. And I said, what did you just say? She turned and she looked at me and she said, if you think, I I mean, with the country club, with all that we're going to do for you, I just can't give you, you know, we're closing down the plant up here. I can't give you an $8,000 pay raise. And I sat there for just a minute. And inside my body, I was like this. No way, God! Are you kidding me? Wow! Woo! That was inside my head. So I looked at her and I said, That's amazing you should say such a thing. I was like, Calm down, Todd. In my dignified stature that I was in, 
I looked at her and I said, I can't believe, did you just say $8,000? She said, I said, how did you know that? I don't know. I just threw that figure out. I go, that's interesting because I just prayed with my wife that if you gave me $8,000, that would be my sign from God and I would move to Tennessee. Do you hear what I'm saying? She did not know. I did not give her a request. She said, if you think I can give you 8000 I can't, Todd. I never told her that. But the Word of God spoke. He revealed Himself. And so, in my calm, woo, craziness, I was like, <clears throat> put it together, Todd. <clears throat> I will be resigning. And I looked out the window and thought, what am I going to do now? Oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> this isn't good. And, uh, but I knew that God spoke. <sighs> Did I get to the end of my message? I didn't. But I want to tell you this. It happens a lot here. Um, let me put myself back together, okay? Satan's main strategy against us is to try to convince us that we really don't have to obey God. That God will wink and ignore our sins. And that our lives will go uninterrupted even as we continue to sin. Even as we continue to covet. Even as we continue to walk the course of this life and lose our way. God is still faithful. And church, I want you to know that when I see God move in just those instances, I wouldn't be your pastor here today. God would have rose up another man to do the job. But I'm glad that I can stand before you, now 173 pounds, toning the hair down with some gel and smaller glasses to tell you that I heard the Word of God speak through someone else. Are you going to God? Are you crying out to God? The lyrics to the song say this. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. The last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say. Word of God speak, would you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to see your majesty. Watch. To be still and know. You're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. And that next verse is where it should hit all of us. I'm finding myself in the midst of you. Beyond the music. Beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you and in the quiet, oh God, in the quiet, hear your voice. I'm finding myself at a loss of words. And the funny thing is it's okay because I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is it's okay. So Joshua didn't give up. He might have lost one battle, but he went back through and he helped the children of Israel get into the promised land. If you have been struggling 
And there's been areas in your life where you feel like, I need God. God will show up in His time, not ours. You see, the Bible says, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. He knows what my needs are even before I went to Him. He already told Linda, Linda, this is what you're going to say to Him. Because He was praying about it. And I want you to know, church, that everything, I know I have story after story after story, but they're not my stories, they're His stories for me to share with you. Will you cry out to Him? Will you come to Him? Let's all rise to our feet. Bible says, God with us, Emmanuel with us, showing the deity of Jesus Christ. I loved that in that part. Because even in Matthew, it talks about who is Emmanuel? Jesus. We don't ever see the correlation in the Old Testament, but they spoke it, and he was present, he was real. How many of you with a raised hand want to say, I want to hear from God? Everyone in this room, hallelujah. God will never lead us. Listen closely. God will never lead us where His grace cannot provide for us or His power cannot protect us. We must walk by faith and not by sight. Remember, without faith it is impossible to please God. Children of Israel's Failure to believe in God's word kept them from entering the promised land. The truth has never changed. Oh, church. But what's changing you? The truth has never changed. But what's changing you? God, we come before you today just humble, Lord, that we know that that if I know my own life, I just stand up here as a, as a messenger to your word. God, today as our ladies head back and we have a board meeting this afternoon, Lord, and as we just discuss the plans of this church, oh God, put aside my pride and help me to lead with your heart, with your mind. God, I know that we even have guests here today, and I'm, I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful. I don't want to call them guests. I want to call them my family, and that, Lord, you brought them here at this appointed time, at this appointed place for something in their life. Maybe in, in even those that are here, that our faith will be increased, and we'll know that, Lord, you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, and as long as we follow you, and as, as we rely on you and lean on you, and we, we walk with strength and with courage that, Lord, you will bring your plans to fruition, to success. So, God, today, help us to walk by faith and not by sight. And, God, as I stand up here in this beautiful sanctuary that you've provided for us, help me to walk by faith. Help me to be a pastor driven by faith. Help your children and this church and these people to live by faith and to see the glory of the Lord. To see Emmanuel, God with us. 
And God, help us to not covet, but to put aside our pride. God, thank you for rising up Joshua. When Moses disappointed you and let you down, God, help me to not disappoint you. God, so I ask that in this next 30 seconds, in the quietness of this room, May we hear the Word of God speak to our hearts. Father God, you said in the great lyric to quiet the music and to quiet the noise so we can hear you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.